Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was our fault. We made a mistake. Spotter said it was clear. I wasn't clear, and, you know, I, I didn't want to tear my car up, tear his car up either. I respect everybody, and I demand respect. And, you know, I apologized to the guy when he came over the car, explained to him what happened, and then he took it to another level when he started calling me an idiot and whatever else. And I don't appreciate that. I'm not going to take it. I told him how I feel. I called him out. He didn't show. You know, and so, you know, I'm good with it. He's good with it, but I'm not going to be disrespected by no means. Yeah, I guess uh, I had a dinner date at Applebee's last night that I didn't find out until it was too late. It's a shame love their riblets and boneless wings, but... Uh This is your Uncle Rob here, and you're at Applebee's with us. Thanks for coming by. You may be wondering why Brian isn't kicking the show off. It's because he had uh, had a nose job done. It's twice as long as it used to be, and that's no. causing him to not feel too good. But he is here at the table with us, so everybody give him a round of applause. That's right. Yay. There he is. We're going to have the waitress bring out a cake and sing a song to him. It's true, yeah. Well, she was nice enough to grind up some mozzarella sticks in the uh, in the blender for him so he could... <laughs> Weird because it's his nose, so it shouldn't affect anything going in. But, yeah, Brian's under the weather, so I'll be uh, talking a little bit more tonight. Uh, of course, Ashley Trulove sitting across the table from me. How you doing? I'm, I'm good. Well, Brian's over there laying down in the booth. And giving Brian a hand tonight and making this show about 30% better, we got our good buddy Jay Pennell on the show. He's a renowned NASCAR journalist. He's been in the industry for about 500 years. Uh, you may <laughs> have seen his work on Racing America. He's written a book, which, by the way, the second edition of that just came out. And we'll probably He's talk about that in a little bit here. He's truly the first guest we've had that is risking their career by appearing on this show. <laughs> So is this where I like jump out of the cake? It's like get well, get, get well soon. <laughs> What's up, y'all? <laughs> Jay and I had a really good time at the World Finals this weekend, but I think we're gonna probably talk about some NASCAR stuff first, since that's what everyone's tuning in for. Uh, big championship weekend, of course. Uh, some people are happy, some are not. Uh, nobody in the Truck Series knows how to drive a race car, and we'll get into it in just a second here. But <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> but good lord. So yeah, uh, season's over. Holy shit, it's done. It's over. Yeah, it, it went a lot quicker than I thought it would. To be honest with you, uh, this was the first year that I haven't like traveled the tour pretty regularly. So uh, yeah, I thought overall I thought it was a good season. So we still got racing left, some short track racing here and there, but uh, NASCAR is in the books. That's a fact. Everyone happy with the Ryan Blaney Championship? Everyone gonna put their little hand up for that? I'm yeah, I, I won like yeah. 50 bucks, so it worked for me. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get to the cup shit in a second here, but I guess we'll start off just on Friday because uh, that's where everybody else did. Yeah. Uh, the Truck Series, was... of course, kicking things off in the way that only the Truck Series knows how to because that, uh, that was a little rough from what I gather. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it live because, again, Jay and I were at World Finals. Or actually, you weren't there that night. It was just me. Um, yeah. I had about two hours of sleep going into that, and I was like, you know what? I'll watch the race on DVR tomorrow morning. And then I got home, took a shower, climbed in bed at like 12:30, thinking I was slick. And then my phone starts just, bzz, 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 just going off consistently. And I was like, oh god, who died? Is it World War Three? What's going on? And no, it wasn't. It was just the truck series melting down in the most predictable, predictable fashion possible. And uh, so who watched this race? <laughs> yeah, true, true love. Did you watch you this? Must because have watched I, it, right? I did okay. not watch a single so, lap of it. It didn't start till 10 p.m. 
and which is I'm a great which perfect. is a great thing right perfect. You know? it was great after after i watched the race i was like thank god it was on so late so nobody watched it but uh i i'll be honest i fell asleep like off and on up until the uh host of our incident and then that kind of woke me up a little bit and i, I was think like that woke okay. everybody up from what i gather yeah. let me watch let me watch this shit show <laughs> Yeah. Seemed to wake Carson up a good bit. Like I don't know that I've ever heard a driver like apologize for something that wasn't like terribly blatant in this car before. Like I mean, like that was kind of crazy. I was just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to do that. Like he, at that point, he knew we like, fucked up though. Like, he oh, knew. Yeah, I mean, I get that, that but like I don't think you need to constantly say that over the radio in a championship race like get, say it once and then move on you know he gave, he gave himself the cars tour penalty too and backed all the way to the 400th place and <laughs> and then not just in time for Corey Hyde to make it worse uh, of course returning oh, the favor yeah. and you know accidentally ramming him up into the fence <laughs> everyone's doing our air quotes right now accidentally yeah, exactly. You need to read the text of this to know exactly how sarcastic this all is. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think for somebody who had a lot of people looking at him in a, in a pretty questionable way most of the year, Carson came out of that looking okay, whereas, you know, Corey, did, Corey made himself look pretty bad there and, yeah. um, you know, was penalized for by, by NASCAR following. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I get it. You're heat of the moment kind of thing, but it just – this series is kind of just a trend, right, of, of poor driving and overly aggressiveness, and, you know, it almost looks like an iRacing race out there. So um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, yeah. Yeah, especially when you have GMS leaving and KBM shutting down. I mean, those are your two best teams in the series, and, and they're going away. So that leaves a pretty big hole in a series that needs some veteran voices. Yeah, that's right. That's something that I felt kind of got sort of left in the dust uh, of the whole weekend. Uh, of course, a lot of people retiring and leaving, a lot of organizations kind of changing, but yeah, GMS is done. Yeah. And that kind of got it. lost in the mix of the whole weekend. I know Eric Almarola was retiring and everyone was really, you know, focused on that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, losing a... He's taking home the bacon. He is. Yeah. Yeah, the bacon's gone. Smithfield's yeah, fucking gone. all set. <laughs> Listen, you guys act like the most respected man in the trucks, Matt Crafton, is gone. He's still there. Yeah, Matt's People <laughs> will still be bored by him and annoyed by him. <laughs> Todd, but I was I was watching a race hub tonight, and they had their truck series uh, wrap up. And Todd Bodine gave us that that Crafton's last win was like I can't. It was a huge number. It was something surprising. But he's only had one win in the last six years in the truck series. And, yeah. and he had a championship <laughs> in one of those years, too. What? Like, what in the world is he doing there, bud? Like, oh, beating up little kids. <laughs> I kind of like this arc of Matt Crafton just popping out of the woodwork to whoop some ass once in a while. Right. But yeah, truck series is done. I'm not really, I don't really care about watching that again, <laughs> to be honest with you. It, it should be just done, done. Yeah, that was their last race ever. I didn't watch Arco, which, by the way, I think they had a 17-year-old champion as well. Uh, who won that? It wasn't William Sawalowicz. That was the West champion. Um, eh, who cares? I can't uh, remember. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't follow Arco hardly at all yeah. either. That's another we one. Have three Darfs and an actual journalist in between us. <laughs> None of us knows who won that fucking title. So. <laughs> Well, they got like, it wasn't Frankie. They got, they got like no, it wasn't. It wasn't Frankie. No. He, By the way, Xfinity like Series driver Frankie Muniz. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So now maybe. no one's gonna watch Arca because we were all just watching it 
for Frankie. So that's uh, uh, there's still plenty of uh, ladies for the perverts there to watch. So don't worry, <laughs> Tony's Tony's not moving up the ranks. <laughs> yeah, so. I gotta give my, my buddy Mamba was in that race, running about 17th as well. So uh, okay. oh shit, I didn't realize he was in there. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, that's I think fun. he ran a young motorsports car. But it's tough when you don't drive those things all the time. I think the last one he was in was maybe IRP last year. So yeah, Phoenix is not an easy track to drive anyway. <laughs> no speed flat and all that but yeah that's cool good for him uh xfinity race also i really didn't watch any of that but i knew damn well when cole custer won the championship because one of the guys packing the track was honking his horn what else could that have been for <laughs> yeah it's true love we're, we're turning to you again since oh, yeah. <laughs> I watch, motherfuckers i watched these races i was there too you're on your deathbed, so... Yeah, yeah well, listen... Uh, uh, I'm trying. Well, what'd you think, yeah. Brian? How, was it a good race? I hear that was actually a good one. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great race. Uh, you know, I think Al kind of got ahead of himself and, and fucked his whole race, I think, even though he didn't really fuck the car bad. It was just... I think it was just enough that early wreck to kind of just ruin his night. And, uh... You know, as much as I did want to see him win, it was good to see Custer win too. Uh, you know, I think he's he'll be back in Cup in a year or two. I feel like, and uh, good for him. It was just he he was it was uh, I don't know. I like him. He's a good weird dude, and he did the Stone Cold thing, so that was sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a really good synopsis of Cole Custer. A good weird dude. I was really happy right. to hear that. I think a lot he's of people. Good weird, whereas Grant Enfinger is like weird. Weird, weird. <laughs> I think they need. I think he needs to bring back the cold, cold custers, cold custer review because that was some he of the really best does. content. Yeah, yeah, top yeah, tier. That was, that was good stuff. But yeah, I think I'm I'm okay with that. Again, another example of somebody who didn't have the greatest season, kind of coming through at the right time. But you know, if, if that's how we're gonna do it, I don't mind Cole Custer winning. Uh, I think all of us kind of picked him as the our championship favorite anyway at the beginning of the year. I don't think he got there the way we all thought he would. But I think we all thought it was gonna be a ten win mud hole stomping kind of deal with Cole, um, mm-hmm. and it certainly was not that. But uh, I, I was excited to see that. How about you, True Love? What'd you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was pulling for Algar, but, you know, if I can't have Algar, I was pulling for Custer because, you know, anyone but John Hunter, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And a lot of clean yeah. racing, too, which I, in contrast to uh, the truck race. Yeah, which... it was night and day from the truck race. Like, you had the Champ 4, like, running 1, 2, 3, 4 towards the end of the race. Like, people weren't wrecking each other on purpose yeah. was there anything else noteworthy in that i still have not watched um, that race there was that big fire during sammy smith's pit stop that oh yeah really that's right crazy. that was ugly yeah yeah the that the footage from that's just insane i, yeah. I love how like that guy just he just stood up super calm like didn't like overreact walked over to the fire guy the safety guy told him to put him out and then, like, if you watch, like, the full video, he goes back and finishes the stop, and, that, like, that's just incredible. Yeah, know? it's like he just spilled yeah. barbecue sauce on his shirt or something. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a napkin? <laughs> right? <laughs> Fucking insane these guys are. Holy shit. I think, you know, like, I have a lot of, like, non-NASCAR, fan, f- like, friends. I feel like I got more people commenting on, like, that vid- one video than anything else I, like, ever post about racing. So, you know, th- those guys are badasses. People like wrecks and fires. 
Yeah. And a man just putting his arms out like uh, Gus Fring and Breaking Bad or some shit. Oh, he's on uh, speak real quick since you just mentioned badasses. Let's go back to the truck race and talk about someone who's a lame ass, and that is Ben Rhodes and his stupid fucking uh, second uh, championship drunk bullshit, which wasn't yeah. funny. Like this time around, it was just very clearly not funny. The whole literally uh, the only reason I didn't want Ben Rhodes to win was because I didn't want to have to sit through another one of those. Yeah. I, I gotta give him props for wearing the chain. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. The chain helped. But yeah. When he listed what he drank too, it wasn't really a lot. <laughs> you know, you're like, it. okay, <laughs> come on, man. Half a Miller <laughs> Lite. <laughs> go, go shotgun some beers out there and come back and talk to me. He right weighs now. 110 pounds. What do you expect? <laughs> Look at him. Yeah, he's definitely too much of a grown ass man <clears throat> now. You get one shot at that in public. You know, yeah. you, you do that once in the middle of Hooters, they kind of laugh at you. You come back in a couple weeks and do it again, then you get thrown out. So, yeah. yeah. Ben Rhodes is getting thrown out of this Applebee's right now. <laughs> <laughs> Him and his title. It's half a Bud Light that he drank. I think I've seen True Love like that at the Beaver before. Uh, yeah. I think I threw myself out. <laughs> Yeah, it's one thing to get thrown out of the beaver. It's another to throw yourself out of the beaver. Yeah. But. Speaking of the thirsty beaver, after Cole Custer won, my good buddy Kyle Armstrong, who I believe he he took Cole to the beaver after his first cup win, um, sent him a text uh, trying to arrange an after party at the thirsty beaver mm-hmm. on Sunday. But I don't believe that ever happened because I feel like I would have heard about it. <laughs> yeah, that would have been rad. Yeah, I would have definitely gone to that. Yeah, I think he's out still out in Phoenix, right? Oh, he's still yeah, just drunk he's probably in the out. desert. Yeah, at that point, you're, you're just staying the whole night because <laughs> you, have, you have so much media to do, and then you go back and just kind of celebrate with the, cr- the crew. I mean, yeah. when we won uh, with with Tyler, we were there pretty much all night. A lot of us had to stay anyway. Um, right. And I can't remember if Tyler was running the cup race or not, but he, de- he definitely stayed, yeah. Yeah, I was worried that uh, Brad Keselowski wasn't going to make it back in time and Cole was going to have to run the six car on Sunday after winning the championship. It's like, man, it seems cruel and unusual. <laughs> yeah, they would have found Riley, Riley Herbst real quick. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. <laughs> but we, then Rob and I were talking about that, uh, how that was breaking news, you know, Brad having a baby and then putting Cole in the car. And I, I was telling Rob, I was surprised they put Cole in the car and not somebody else, you know, who's not about to fight for a championship that day. So, uh, that was really kind of the most surprising thing of that. Yeah, I I was kind of a shock as well, but like I, I don't know who else they would have gotten on such short notice, you know, because everyone in the truck series is, uh, you know, in timeout. <laughs> <laughs> right. NASCAR just said you're done. Go home. Yeah, everybody, we'll get the back fuck out of here. <laughs> no one knows who's in the ARCA race. They can't call them. You know, Trevor Bain is just he's a Toyota guy now, so <laughs> that was it. There, there were so many cup drivers firing off on Twitter during that truck race, like how embarrassed they were. Yeah, that was Tyler Reddick was the first one, and that just kind of opened the floodgates to yeah. all the shit talk. But yeah, and and for that race to come about what two hours after the state of the sport speech or whatever about how <laughs> right. talking about how the playoffs are not gimmicky, it's actually really good. That was almost a direct <laughs> quote from uh, the. Not Steve O'Donnell, but whoever the other guy up there was with him. Uh, again, real professional Phelps. podcast here. <laughs> Steve Phelps. Yeah. Steve, Steve Phelps. <laughs> Just the president of NASCAR. Yeah. That was him. Yeah. That well, guy. 
my bad. Uh, I was busy uh, <laughs> sucking in dirt at that point. <laughs> That's yeah. a fact check. How apropos for uh, that race to come right after the ultimate defense of uh, things, which I guess we'll get into the state of the sports speech in a second here, because uh, it wasn't all bad, you know. Uh, but I oh, think we one more thing about the Xfinity race. Did y'all see JJ Yaley's car that they kept talking about how it was fan controlled? Yes. Uh, it didn't what? didn't work out so well. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> he, he I feel himself. so bad for JJ Yelly sometimes. <laughs> I, Seriously. I <laughs> one one of the greatest pavement sprint car drivers of all time. You know, and just such a nice dude, right? He's such <laughs> just out there in the fan car. You know, <laughs> Stick him on four and don't bring him back in. Fucking. <laughs> this guy's putting in his NASCAR heat five like set up <laughs> seriously oh my gosh i can't believe that shit's allowed i, I i'm here I for was it but... shocked <laughs> especially yeah, was of shocked. all races that race where there's actually championship implications mm-hmm. on those but i don't know <laughs> right yeah do that like <laughs> fifth race of the year <laughs> yeah maybe carson hosevar was being fan controlled as well so who knows <laughs> i didn't catch that memo if it was but yeah, the uh, of course the the people's champ Ryan Blaney coming home with his first title. I think everyone is relatively happy about that. I was a little salty in the moment, uh, but you know <laughs> it is what it is. You know, <laughs> I don't think anyone's mad to see Ryan Blaney get a title. Yeah, I mean he was definitely the. I felt like he was the best out of the four that day. Like his pit oh, crew put him arguably. behind every single stop, and he no had to question. come come up through there every single time well i mean what like every the last four races of the year he was top two yeah yeah that's incredible like (laughs) so i think like going into the playoffs he wasn't even really on my radar right you know but i think it just goes to show you how teams are able to adapt and and kind of um rally during these these playoffs and and you get this three these three race seasons and you know, I, I think they've got such a good group over there that, you know, once they got hitting on something and Ryan got his confidence and, man, it was just kind of on from there. I mean, it was he almost threw it away, you know, um, racing with yeah. with uh, Ross and, and the 19 right there with Truex. But that was fun to watch. That's when, the, yeah. that's when the whole race came alive <laughs> because I feel like before that, you know, it wasn't a great race. No. Um, and it, it really took a really long green flag run and, and Ryan like almost melting down trying to win the race and, and not think big picture. So I think in the end it was a good thing. I think Ryan's a deserving champ. You know, he he'll represent the sport. Well, um, he's the kind of guy who's been grinding at, at this steel for a, a long time. You know, NASCAR will call you and say, Hey, we've got a, we've got a 5 AM, 6 AM local news hit who wants to do it. And, you know, Ryan was usually one of the guys who was to, always doing that. So, you know, he, he's definitely earned his way up here, not only on the driving side, but on the marketing side and, and kind of helping grow the sport and eager to see what he does as the champion. Yeah, seriously. Like I said, I wanted to see Larson win, but uh, I don't know. I'd, I think Ryan, Ryan Blaney makes for better television. So I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of three people to vote for Christopher Bell in True Love's poll. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, hey. did you have money on him? <laughs> no, I just I, I'll be honest. With you. I mean, I, I, I just feel like Adam Stevens has that that experience. And, you know, I think that when 
Christopher hits on things, he can he can really do it. And yeah. you know, I think he was really in contention to do it until you know a brink rider exploded. <laughs> that was bad. You know, I just yeah. feel like that's kind of how their whole playoffs has gone. Is you know, Jack's you know the tire hit the Jack at, at Darlington and that that dropped the, the car, you know, just different things on pit road. So kind of across uh, the board for all the Toyotas or the Gibbs cars anyway. Just, yeah. You know, they used to be one of the best pit crews in up and down pit road and they still are, but I think, you know, we're seeing just more mistakes out of that, that crew. Uh, then I think we're, we're used to. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't honestly remember much else about that race. I literally watched the back half of that in, in a home goods parking lot. In, uh, <laughs> in Huntersville, nice. North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, of, of all three races, it was definitely the most quiet. Uh, you know, obviously the, the battle for the win in the championship was, was the most exciting part. And I guess we got to talk about uh, Steve Letarte's comments today on the uh, – on his betting podcast yeah. uh, as a former crew chief uh, he said he would would have told ross to let let you know let the championship guys pass him fuck that you gotta be no. fucking kidding me like, i don't believe that if, for a second first I, of all i don't believe if he was on the box he'd say that either i've yeah. interviewed him as a crew chief that's not true yeah, can you imagine if Dale Jr. was leading a race is he gonna tell Dale to like pull to the side and let whoever go through i do not well, fucking think so Here's, I mean, here's where we're at, though. I mean, yeah, we do have the precedent of this is the first time in 10 years of this format we had a non-championship guy win the race. Uh, I wouldn't have given a fuck if it was Ross or somebody else. I think it's good to have that moment. Uh, I think if the only guys on the track that matter are the four that are in the championship, then just do your own fucking separate race for them. What the fuck do you have? 36 more or 32 other guys on the track? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't I agree make any with that. fucking sense to have that attitude. And, you know, I, I think... There's probably been some official manipulation in the past. Like, I think it's hard to deny that Blaney probably would have won the race last year, but I'm sure, you know, Penske didn't want that or officials or whoever. Uh, And Ross was the guy to say, fuck that. And he doesn't give a fuck what anybody thought. He raced him clean. Don't get me wrong. As a Ross fan, I was nervous as fuck because, like, dude, it took you this long to – get back on track after fucking up at Darlington like do not fuck this up not <laughs> one out of the park for everybody for entertainment thankfully he, you know thankfully he didn't thankfully nothing bad happened uh, you know Blaney couldn't pull it off as hard as he tried and Ross did his job as a driver so uh, you know I think it was all good to see but to hear that type of shit from someone who has that sort of role in the sport right now that's embarrassing and he should be embarrassed to say that publicly yeah, because I think it's a lie. Like he wouldn't say it. Like if he was a crew chief, he would not. He would not think the same way. You know, I think what that is is somebody who's now in the TV booth and is trying to create content in the off season, right? You know, look, Ross, Ross, and that <laughs> Ross has never backed down from anything, right? You know, um, and ever since I've known him racing, you know, starting parks in in the Xfinity series, Ross has always been super tough. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure like I was at mid Ohio one time when Joey Gase punched him, right? Like Joey Gase is like the <laughs> nicest guy in the world. Right. <laughs> but like, if you piss off Joey Gase, you're probably doing something right. Like you'd probably like being a dick on the track, you know, but that's just how Ross is. And yeah. for anybody to expect him to not be in the title hunt, but not try and be part of the story that they obviously just don't know Ross because, or the track house team, because look, they're here for that race still pays money. It still gets them, 
you also have to remember this is you know it's all about the final four but those other guys who are in the playoffs are contending for playoff positions right so they can still finish fifth through 16th right it's a lot of money it's a lot of money there's a lot and everybody loves trophies bud and those sponsors love taking pictures in in victory lane and I, i never expected one bit for him to back down um, I ex- I expected Blaney to have a little bit of a cooler head and see the bigger picture there, um, but no Ross and, and I mean nobody had a problem with Martin Truex Jr. racing up there pretty pretty hard so um, you know I think that one took care of itself but um, yeah I had no I was not surprised at all that Ross was up there contending and racing hard for the win and uh, I have no problems with that I think Latart's out to lunch on that one yeah I gotta gotta agree with that yeah. But, yeah, by the way, Brian, congrats. Uh, Ross Chastain getting to smash a watermelon by himself in a corner over in Phoenix <laughs> while everyone fawned over Ryan Blaney and Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Also, the best shout- part of Ross winning was they didn't show his burnout. They didn't show him climbing out of the car. They didn't show him smashing that stupid-ass watermelon. They yeah. didn't even interview him until after Blaney, Larson, It's probably Claire Byron. B. Lang at, like, 11 p.m., right? Yeah. Ross is already in victory lane eating, like, watermelon crumbs at that point dark. <laughs> I, did, I did see a cool stat that Harvick's first race the 24 was on the pole and the one of Steve Park won the race um, and then this one William Byron was on the pole in the 24 and the one car won the race with Ross Chastain so you know yeah. NASCAR's got this old like numerology thing that you, you just can never figure out but that's crazy uh, that's I didn't hear that but yeah Kevin Harvick done that's crazy man I never thought uh, we all knew it was coming but to actually see him sitting down there on pit row with everybody and his whole team and Ryan Priest just being right up there up front with the beer. I was proud of him for that. Uh, just waiting to get his cold drink in after running wherever the fuck he did. I think he had a pretty good day, right? Probably top 15, something like that. No clue. Him and him and uh, Chase Briscoe got into it at one point come, coming through the dog leg. I, you know, obviously not intentional, but I, I remember those two getting getting caught up together and sliding backwards at some point. Well, Ryan Priest is up in the front there without a care in the world with that big old bush in his hand <laughs> saying goodbye to Kevin. Uh, yeah, big weekend of retirements over at Stuart Haas. Eric, Eric Amarola taking the check with him. Um, and I guess Noah Gragson is apparently supposed to be going to that ride. I don't think that's been announced officially, but that seems to be the prevailing theory. And then, uh, yeah, who else? Uh, yeah, Carson Hosevar's Goodwill retired and GMS. That's pretty much it, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I think the seeing Harvick on pit road, you know, him climbing out, climbing out of the car. That's this is the first season finale that I haven't been to in, in quite a while. Uh, you know, COVID obviously that year I didn't get to go, uh, but before that I, I really honestly can't remember the last time I wasn't at the season finale. And you know, there's just, that whole weekend has such a cool feel of like, you know, it's like the last day of school. You know, you're seeing your buddies for the last time for a couple months and everything like that, but. You know, to see some of these special moments, like I remember, you know, Jeff Gordon's last race and, yeah. and Dale Jr.'s last race and, you know, Tony Stewart, Mark Martin, those guys, um, to not be there for that was, was pretty, that, that was probably the toughest pill to swallow all weekend. Um, you know, Kevin was probably the, the last driver that I rooted for before I got into the business and to the industry um, and to get to know Kevin uh, over the years was has been really cool. You know, we were pretty close together on some of the RCR 50 stuff and, um, I got to drive around with him on a, in a 69 Camaro, just kind of sh- shooting the shit one day, uh, at the Woodward dream crew. So, um, it'll be crazy not to see him in, in the, in the race car, but I'm, you know, he'll be around 
the racetrack, and that's going to be great to see. I think he's got an important role in the industry moving forward as a guy who's no longer driving cars, but constantly advocating for the sport and the drivers. Oh, 100%. Also fielding a car of his own in the Cars Tour, um, I believe, and also uh, just other super late model races. Ryan Priest, in fact, running his late model down at the uh, Snowball Derby this year, so that'll be fun to watch. On Racing America. You can watch that on Racing America. RacingAmerica.com. Or dot TV. Plug right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until I fucked the website up. Yeah, it was a great one. <laughs> well, you can go to racing, RacingAmerica.com. That'll definitely get you to RacingAmerica.tv. So the, we were both right. That's great. They're <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. paying me for that plug. <laughs> no. <laughs> but one sad note I do want to shine a light on before we uh, move on from the, the NASCAR stuff here, or at least from Phoenix anyway. Uh, Leo Jackson passed away uh, over the weekend. Uh, of course, he was the owner of the world-famous Skull Bandit, driven by Harry Gant. Uh, Robert Presley also drove for him, a couple other guys too, but just a longtime owner. Uh, speaking of Trackhouse, who of course won the race in Phoenix on Sunday, if you stop by their shop, they only have two cars on display there for you to look at. One of them is the famous Hail, Hail Melon car that Ross tried to destroy but couldn't at Martinsville last year. And they've got uh, the Mr. September car parked out front in the lobby, or at least last time I went out there they did. And that's a, that's a hell of a sight to see. But uh, RIP Leo. Yeah, that's a that's a such a cool car. The first Cup race I ever went to was uh, 1991 in, in Dover, and uh, that was one of Harry Gant's uh, Mr. September runs. So, uh, oh, awesome. yeah, definitely thoughts go out to his uh, his fa- family and all the all the fans. Yeah, 90, 90 years old is a pretty good run. Gotta say. Yep, it's a solid deal. True Love, have you got to see that car before? Uh, it's not- been around a lot lately. Not in person at uh, Trackhouse. Well, next time you come to Charlotte, we'll we all end up there at the Thirsty Beaver. We'll take a little ride over after the bar and let ourselves in and <laughs> right sitting there and I honk the horn. I'm pretty sure they were supposed to drive that uh, at at Darlington one year, and um, and they were like, we can't show this on television like at all. And so (laughs) there was like a big to do and they didn't cancel it until like last minute as cars were like rolling off the grid and everything like that. So uh, I know it was there one year and it was supposed to be showed off and driven around. I'm pretty sure by Justin Marks. And I I have a feeling TV stepped in and said, oh, wait, that's tobacco. That's what happened. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. That sucks. Also, uh, shout out to Ty Gibbs for winning Rookie of the Year when he had no competition. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Noah kind of took himself out of that After one. After Noah canceled himself, it's just, just Ty Gibbs yeah. all alone. Joining the list of Kevin Conway and Daniel Hemrick. Yeah, other drivers with prominent <laughs> tails, just like Ty Gibbs. <laughs> but none as precious as Ty's, so... Mm. But yeah, Ty Gibbs uh, starting to show a little bit of promise there. We all know he would. Uh, he's always been good, even though he pissed us all off uh, pretty good in the Xfinity series and prior to that. But uh, yeah, I think he's he's starting to come around here, and I definitely expect him to turn it around a little bit more next year uh, and kind of show up uh, the way I think everyone kind of thought he might have. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think he, he was probably one of the better Gibbs cars, aside from Christopher Bell, the last 10 races, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he it probably took him a little while to get accustomed to run the cup side full full time and you know, he is a guy who doesn't talk a whole lot. <laughs> you go interview him and it's one word, two word answers. Um 
you know, I think uh, when he got eliminated from the the playoffs in Daytona, we were there, and he, Bob Parkes asked him, you know, like you're not in the playoffs, like how's it feel? And he goes, "It sucks, Bob. You trying to like rub it in, like you know, and like he's just so short and like you know, like he doesn't say a whole lot, but when he does, it's it's kind of pointed, and you can tell real quick whether he's in a good mood or a bad mood. Or it's you like know, a but, day spring fucking christian christmas card <laughs> right <laughs> i think he saves that for tv right that's but, it yeah 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 now but i think he'll be i think he'll be i don't think he'll have a sophomore slump off I, I think he'll be really good i don't think so either yeah i did hear today uh that i guess dale jr said on his podcast that ty dylan's going to the 16 car at college yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. How about <laughs> Ty that? Dillon just finding money somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he must pop, have like pop. hit on a scratch off ticket or something. <laughs> See that shit come. He, he asked Pop Pop for an advance in his allowance. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's amazing. Ty Dillon is probably older than me at this point, and uh, he still feels like a child to me. <laughs> Ty is just like a nice dude too, but God, yeah. I don't know. He's I the mean, only Dillon we like around. Nothing there. in that nothing in that spire car at all you know yeah i don't understand that move at all but hey you know i'm not the one making the decisions so <laughs> to them i mean let's let's just say colleagues making a bunch of interesting moves not all not always ones that i would say are good ones but i mean look at that colleague like just look at him and <laughs> that should tell you why some of these decisions get made well, we can't talk about. Is he about from Ohio it. too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. He, he totally out is. Of the dust. Yeah. He... And he still has his his high school fucking uh, quarterback uniform in his office. So I, yeah, again, yeah. I don't know what That's that tells fact. you about him. Yeah. Every man in Ohio has that fucker in a glass case in their living room, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Rico style. Hey, I'm I'm not from Ohio, so I don't I don't take any responsibility. You just immigrated there because it made sense to you. <laughs> yep. I'm just kidding, Brad. I'm sorry. I know you're in a lot of pain right now. Thanks for being here at Applebee's with us. <laughs> Before we move into the short track world, and there wasn't a ton that I'm aware of that went on, I because I know I was at the World Finals uh, with Jay and a bunch of other folks, but I do want to touch on that state of the sport speech that I completely butchered a little bit earlier. Uh, <laughs> a couple of Steves were up on stage in Phoenix talking about the state of NASCAR, uh, some things I agree with, some things I don't, um, but I did kind of want to open it up to you guys uh, as fans, because again, you know, with the exception of Jay, of course, three of us, we have no industry ties. We don't, we don't do shit. We just do this podcast. We hang out. We drink beers. We watch racing. And I was curious what y'all's opinion on the state of the sport is. Like, how do you feel after watching this 75th anniversary season? What's good, what's bad, all that kind of shit. It's like a very broad topic. Okay, so I didn't watch the uh, the whole thing because I pulled it up. It was like 45 minutes. I'm like, I know, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to this for 45 minutes. So I just read a little <laughs> nice little article about it instead. But, uh, I mean, I, I was content as a fan at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, some of the points that they that I saw in that article, they said they had fifty percent more sellouts at races this this year than last year. Yeah, well, I guess when you knock grandstands down, that'll happen. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they haven't done that in 
you know, the last year. No, they haven't. Yeah. I mean, I as a fan, I dipped out of NASCAR. My first go around, I dipped out not too long after Dale died. So I came back in 2010, and yeah. it's only been an upward trajectory in the last decade or so. Um, you know, there's some of the stuff that I don't necessarily love, like some of the next-gen car issues and moving the numbers and all that shit. A lot of it kind of goes away when the cars are on the track. For sure. Um, and, yeah, I think overall, I mean, I've gotten – I've actually gotten a handful – of friends into racing the last few years, which I never really thought would happen. Uh, you know, I know for all the ratings talk and all the other bullshit, like that's kind of not up to us as fans. I think for us, yeah. just going to the track and having a good time is all that matters. And I don't, I think the sport's healthier than it's been in a long time. And, you know, hopefully a couple more improvements happen over the next couple of years, but I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where everything's at right now. Yeah, for sure. I gotta say, I, my, my big, problem of course is going to be the playoff system i don't think it works i don't like it uh and this is coming from a traditionalist standpoint if you're listening to this and you disagree with me that's fine like i'm not trying to say that if you enjoy it there's anything wrong with that because it is entertaining and you like what you like it's fine but just coming from my perspective i i don't think it's a great way to uh, settle a championship uh but i think that's just kind of going to be the deal moving forward i don't think nascar is going to backtrack from that anytime soon um, unless the ratings really tank, which, again, they're up from where they were several years ago. So even though they're down from last year, they're still up, generally speaking. So there's no reason why they would do that. My only real problem, honestly, is with the car and the short track uh, and road racing uh, package they have. It just seems like they kind of took the appearance of what people want the race car to look like, kind of squared off and that sort of thing, less arrow up top and just moved it all in the bottom where you can't see it. And they're having a hard time fixing mm-hmm. that, which that is one thing I like to hear out of the of the speech that uh, or the state of the sport that NASCAR put out there was the fact that they are going to be looking at shifting at short tracks and working on that arrow further. So I think that's that's good because uh, that is my big issue right now is because to me, the short track shit in particular is the heart and soul of the sport. And if you don't fix that, then you're going to lose a lot of the sort of grassroots support that. Um, they're finally starting to gain back because we're in this unique position where short track racing is so big right now where it's coming to a point where at least people can watch it and actually dig into it whereas before it was a little bit mystical and tough to get into and um, when the short track product in NASCAR doesn't match up with say the Cars Tour or whatever else uh, I think that's problematic uh, which is pretty obvious to say I guess but uh, other than that, you know, I feel pretty good about it. It's fun to talk about. Again, I, like you, Brian, I have a lot of friends that are tuning in a little bit more than they used to, and uh, that's always fun. So, uh, and I've had a good time at the racetrack too. You know, it's still the most affordable ticket in sports. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, I think from like from my side of you know being in this industry a lot, and and from different facets, I think some of the things that really stood out to me, uh, you know, first off, Rob, I think you're probably like spot on about the the short track stuff you know i feel like short track racing right now is is better than it's been in in a very very long time i think it's more popular than it's been in a long time i think it's more accessible than it's been in a long time um thanks to racing america and flow and all these different outlets and people covering it and and you know the the nascar uh folks that have gotten involved in the cars tour which is which is great to see um you know there's still cup guys who are going down and running the derby the snowball derby which is which is awesome um 
but looking at the state of the sports specifically, um, the things that really stood out to me were the fact that they they have built a, an electric car at the NASCAR R&D Center. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that is is really really interesting to me. I feel like you have a series, um, or quite frankly, a few series that are in dire need of a, um, a shakeup of a, um, uh, a kind of deep dive into what the future of this series looks like being, you know, specifically the, the Arca series and the truck series, you know, uh, Steve Phelps said he was going to Japan to, to talk about hydrogen power. Like I'm this is stuff about that, by <laughs> right? This is stuff that you know. I'm I'm sure. Like if you brought up hydrogen power to Bill France Senior, he'd be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like you know, like what the hell? Are you get out of here. I mean, like that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I, like that'd just be nuts, right? But here we are in the, the day and age where that's a that's a real conversation that's being had by you know top executives within within the sport. Um, you know, I was in Chicago uh, for the Chicago Street Race this year, and I saw more people who had no idea about NASCAR or had never been around, you know, NASCAR just totally enthralled by everything, Yeah. you know? And I think the drivers enjoyed that too, you know, because like Chase Elliott was walking down the street of Chicago before, you know, Saturday stuff. And nobody knew who the hell he was. He was just some other dude walking <laughs> down the street of Chicago, right? There wasn't a kid with a shopping right? cart full of diecast <laughs> right? chasing down. No, you know, it, like it's there's something to that, and so I think yeah. you know the I, I I think the sport's definitely in a good spot. Um, you, there are things I'm not a huge fan of this race car because I feel like it takes a lot of the uh, creativity and ingenuity and engineering out of the hands of the race teams, which Absolutely. is what this sport was built on. And it hasn't um, saved any money either. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not not yet, at all. Yeah. Well, it's it's just if you look at who the suppliers are and who owns those suppliers, it's made a lot of money for a lot of people, right? So, yep. um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I don't know. I, I saw. I didn't watch the state of the sport. I've just read it. Um, you know the the transcript and everything. And I will say this is something I. I star every single year because this is such a crucial um, speech in the sport of NASCAR, right? And in NASCAR history, this stuff is all... I've gone back and used a lot of these state of the sport addresses, um, you know, for research in my book and things like that. Um, But I uh, I saw somebody post something the other day that said, I'm just glad there's two people up there who are having, you know, a, a legitimate conversation with good ideas, good foresight, and they don't look like they're like you know about to fall off the stage pouring down sweat you know so <laughs> I think the I think the leadership of NASCAR is in a good spot I think yeah. you know yeah there's a lot of things that we can sit here and bitch and moan about and um, but I, I feel like we have we have it pretty good and it's just going forward uh, it's just yeah, we're not better we're not in the Brian France era anymore and I think that even though the the two Steves have their issues I mean they're doing a whole lot better job than Brian ever did so. Yeah, I, I mean, I can tell you, I I maybe saw Brian France at the racetrack if it was championship weekend or Daytona 500 weekend. Uh, you see Steve Phelps and Steve O'Donnell at the racetrack walking up and down pit road, up up and down the grid, in the garage. You see them around a lot, and I, I think that makes a difference. Uh, the other thing 100%. that really, yeah. I think the other thing that really stood out for me in the state of the sport, which I, I feel like they danced around a lot about was uh, just the negotiations going on with the teams. 
Um, you know, this is a very crucial time behind the scenes uh, for the sport. Um, you know, there's TV negotiations going on. There's negotiations about whether the charters um, are going to remain. You know, the, the, the team owners, they want the charters to be a permanent thing, uh, but they expire at the end of 2024, and, right. and NASCAR wants them... From my understanding, they want them to go away or, or to kind of evolve. So um, I think there's a lot of interesting conversations going on outside of the racetrack right now uh, that are that are kind of shaping the sport and the future of the sport. Uh, and it's a really exciting time uh, to, to kind of see what's been what's going on. So For you're sure. saying BJ made his 40 million just in the nick of time, maybe? Yes. I, to be to be to be 100 percent honest and I, I don't i don't know any of the details of that you know like obviously i've got a, a relationship with bj matt and, and joe falk okay. over there but i i so i don't get involved in a lot of those conversations or at, you know prior ask or anything um but I, that was probably the deal of the century right i mean oh, if the charters go away <laughs> next year they just made 40 million dollars each and yeah. right <laughs> You know, Matt's gonna go sports car racing, and BJ is gonna sit there play video games and, and big be chains. dressed all in black, right? Like, you know, and, what's you the know, biggest on tour? Yeah, stainless steel skull you can buy to hang <laughs> right? He's gonna be driving around like Mad Max, right? You know, with just like the, <laughs> the system bumping, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that come that that plays out. Going, you know, I, I think that's going to be the biggest topic of conversation next season are these negotiations between the the teams and NASCAR because everybody likes to be say they're hunky dory and they're working together closer than they ever have yeah. but i can tell you right now behind like there's some tense moments have, happening and some very pointed conversations that i feel like have happened and are going to have to happen moving forward oh no doubt yeah i two things i do want to shine a line on before we move on from uh another positive thing for me is the fact that i can just watch the xfinity series on the cw after my reruns of fucking one tree hill or whatever is happening <laughs> that's exciting i think do people kind have of like the wwb frog come out i hope so hope they bring it back throwback weekend there you go what was that fucking gopher that uh dw digger that was his name digger yeah the frog is the new one uh but yeah, that's a big deal, uh, and I think that kind of got lost in the mix uh, of just the season kind of playing out. Uh, and also, I really, really appreciated the point being made uh, when the question was asked about uh, the sort of dynamic between the drivers who made the championship for. Uh, there's no drama. There's nothing to really write about, blah, blah, blah. I really appreciated NASCAR putting their foot down and saying, this is a sport first and foremost and i think a lot of people needed to hear that yeah. <laughs> myself included i think you know, a lot of media folk need to hear that too yeah. yeah yeah and i think that was a nice way to set the tone so uh again i'm not gonna you're never gonna agree 100 percent with the, what a corporation's saying but uh as a as a fan anyway but i really appreciated them saying that and uh i'm glad they sort of uh, it probably didn't put it to bed but i i like to hear that that come from the very very top of the organization so there was one other thing that happened this weekend uh, that that stood out for me, and I'm trying to think of the name of it, but there was the organization that one of the like Trump guys has that oh yeah one, they filed a lawsuit against NASCAR <laughs> for like racial discrimination against the driver diversity program. 
<laughs> oh, Stephen Miller, that bald <laughs> Nazi <Miller>. fuck. Yes. <laughs> so, in case anybody was wondering, NASCAR may be racist against white people. <laughs> like that is their white, claim. White males and white males. What yeah, an God. incredible <laughs> turn of events. Right, that's it. America first. That's what it's called. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, Rob. Thanks for shouting out my book earlier uh, when you're introducing me. But like, that was one of the chapters I updated the most. Was like the first African American winner, because like at the time, my, it, it, you know, the first edition came out. Bubba had just won like one or two truck races. Right. You know, by this time he's been. You know, Donald Trump told him to like shut up and apologize. You know, like so. There's been a lot of like crazy things that have happened, right? You know, and like to sit here in in 2023 and this is a conversation that we're having is just wild to me. Like, but I, I think Phelps obviously handled it very well. He did. Um, yeah. 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 It's definitely worth a watch as well. Uh, you don't get to see the media kind of get at the top brass all too often. Uh, so that was, I would say, yeah. If you got forty-five minutes, just put your headphones on, just let it play in the background. It's it's certainly worth a worth a listen because, like like Jay said, you're going to be hearing that referenced uh, for a while. So, yeah, yeah. Also, kind of in it's the same, thing. also in the same vein, I always enjoy uh, Jeff Gluck's like poll wrap up at the end of the season. Yeah, just because you know that's kind of a, a fan based vote on what the top five favorite races were and then to see the bottom five races too yeah but apparently the last this last poll is a little bit skewed because he has a bet with jordan bianchi uh one of them gets to dress the other one for daytona next year and uh, i'm pretty sure jeff gluck (laughs) lost (laughs) i cannot wait to see that jeff gluck's gonna roll up looking like uh an extra from big lebowski i'm pretty sure so (laughs) feel like yeah that's a that's a good thing i was gonna say like maybe like an extra miami vice i always always give jordan some some shit about his shoes yeah yeah he's gonna have some fancy (laughs) shoes on the two of them it's gonna be great (laughs) see like that's why i give him shit because like i I saw him one day and he didn't he just had on some like normal old shoes on i was like jordan come on man like what now (laughs) from here on out i'm giving you shit about your shoes (laughs) that's awesome oh well speaking of uh drama in the uh with sanctioning bodies and all that brad sweet and kyle larson have announced that the high limit series has bought the all-stars and have sort of released some plans i guess we're moving into the sh- the short track septic tank here a little bit uh there's not a whole lot to talk about other than uh, just me getting shit faced at the racetrack over the weekend but that was a big piece of news and i think uh, everyone from the racing world kind of has their eye on that uh, of course, the All-Star Circuit of Champions uh, being shuttered for at least 2024. It sounds like they might keep that a thing in the future, but uh, they have the rights to it, but it's certainly not running next year. The All-Stars are expanding to a national schedule. They're also going to make sure the Ohio Sprint Speed Week uh, remains a thing, which is a cool deal. Uh, but it sounds like they are absolutely going head-to-head with the World of Outlaws. So that's going to be something interesting to watch. Uh, they haven't really announced a whole lot of races yet, other than there are some companion weekends with cup races, Texas Motor Speedway being one of them. Uh, and there's also a companion weekend in Kansas. I forget. Uh, well, that's a good one. I, I, I've been to that track out in Kansas. Wheatland, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, 
I don't remember the name of it. I was, I'll be honest with you, I was sitting at Hooters drinking beer, and this guy was like, you here for the race? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, NASCAR race? He's like, no, World Outlaws race. And I was like, I'm going to need you to tell me where that is right now. Because yeah. you <laughs> completely changed my plans for the night. And I went to, I got an Uber to this random dirt track. I can't remember what it was, what, name, what the name was, but it was great. They put on good racing. Yeah, but that's a companion event that's happening alongside the Cup seat. So it sounds like there's going to be some teaming up with NASCAR, at least uh, in a sort of spiritual sense. Uh, as well as their big world finals type event happening down at the Texas Motor Speedway dirt track at the end of the year. I want to say it's the same weekend or the weekend before uh, the world finals in Charlotte. Uh, World of Outlaws has responded by saying they're going to have a few events that have uh, $100,000 payouts throughout the year. I assume Knoxville is going to be one of them, and who knows what the other ones will be. But uh, big, big shakeup coming in the sprint car world here, of course. uh, And I guess this will sort of lead into... Our experience at the dirt track over the weekend in Charlotte, but getting to see Brad Sweet's uh, fifth and final Outlaw Championship get wrapped up uh, over the weekend was definitely a sight to behold. Kind of weird to kind of put it in those terms. And definitely, I wouldn't say it cast the pall per se, but everyone was definitely thinking about that as he's raising the the trophy above his head. (laughs) Full well knowing he was about to try and blow the fucking industry up. So. I mean that, that's it like take their trophy take win their last dominate their last race win, yeah. take their trophy and then go home and, and start go, yeah, like, go walk to, <laughs> yeah, exactly go walk to the garage and take as many teams of the year as you can <laughs> yep so, it sounds like right. casey kane is gonna remain an outlaw is kind of what they alluded to uh but uh, again th- this news is gonna roll out over the winter uh Flo doesn't have a whole lot of dirt racing shit to talk about uh for the next few weeks so a I'm bunch sure of different drivers today were like making their announcements i saw gravel's gonna stick with the outlaws that's no surprise yeah i know rico was like putting the vote out to his fans as to what he should do um yeah. so yeah, i'm man. going where casey's going yeah <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get a, a photo of him, uh, True Love, but it just just didn't happen. So, God damn it! But I guess just no no better segue than that. Uh, both Jay and I were at the World Finals in Charlotte last weekend. Uh, I think you were only there Saturday. You didn't make it there. On yeah, Thursday, I only right? came out yeah. Saturday. Yeah, I uh, I had other things going on. I, I'm lucky enough to live here here in Charlotte, so um, I'm only about 15 minutes from Charlotte Motor Speedway and the dirt track, but. Yeah, I, I had other shit going on this other yeah. days. I didn't make it till Friday. Uh, of course, a different format this year at the World Finals. Uh, of course, Super Dirt Car Series was down there along with the World of Outlaw Late Models and the Four Tenths, uh, and they ran all three divisions, heats and features on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, and then had a big hot lap qualifying session on Wednesday night. If that makes any sense, which I'm still kind of scratching my head about it. Like I know why they did it, but. Uh, a lot of people were a little bit nervous about sending sprint cars out on a completely green racetrack, and that completely made itself uh, evident on Thursday because Zeb Wise just about killed himself first thing Yeah, out. that was wild. I don't know if you guys have seen this wreck, but I forget who he came down on or who came up on him, but made contact with a car, went cage first up into the fence in the front stretch, and his throttle hung. Um, he says he didn't get knocked out, but it sure as hell looked like it did. And his car just kind of spun in a circle and ran down the racetrack um, with the throttle completely pressed to the floor for, I don't know, a good 30 seconds. It looked Jesus. terrible. Absolutely terrible. Fortunately, I wasn't there to see that in person. Uh, but he ended up being okay. They interviewed him over by the SRI pavilion a little bit later, where I spent a lot of time drinking their Miller Lights uh, later in the week. 
uh, and then they got that cleaned up and about 15 seconds later Austin McCarl went for a bad ride in almost the same spot so not a good idea to run sprint cars uh, on a track that hasn't been buzzed at all but that's what they did and uh, yeah that was definitely kind of put a skeptical tone over the whole weekend that a lot of people were bitching which there's nobody who loves to bitch about the state of things in uh, dirt racing fans so <laughs> they'll, they'll bitch about the they'll bitch lap after lap after lap because the, the tracks changed <laughs> it, it changed the way they didn't expect it to so they're gonna bitch yeah. about it ah, it's all rubbered up <laughs> <laughs> Thursday night was pretty good. David Gravel ended up winning uh, the 410 feature. Mike Marler uh, in his first time out in the Skyline 157, uh, picking up a win. That's typically what he does. He's a he's a night one kind of guy. Uh, loves winning those events. But uh, I showed up on Friday. I woke up at two in the morning. My wife and I did to get on a bus to go to Logan Airport to catch our like 5 a.m. flight or whatever. Uh, don't live in Worcester, Massachusetts. Just don't do it. It's fucking terrible to get anywhere. <laughs> Unless you just like being in Worcester, this is not the place for you. Uh, no, it's a. Uh, it's called the Logan Express. It's an airport shuttle that you, you drive yeah. to, you park your car, they take you to the airport. It's, it's gotcha. convenient to a point, but ugh, good Lord, it was awful. Got to Charlotte about 8, uh, decided not to take a nap, uh, decided mm-hmm. to hit some race shops with my brother-in-law, which was really fun. Went and saw Roush, which uh, they've really cleaned that place up. I mean, the last yeah, time I was out there, they there was they, some. They've holes. done a good job over there. It, it's a killer museum and shop. Uh, I definitely recommend going there. Um, stop by Stuart Haas as well. They, which by the way, folks, they have uh, both of the Talladega Nights throwback cars sitting up in the lobby. They got Priest's Wonderbread car and Chase Briscoe's Old Spice one sitting up front. They also got a Haas Formula One car sitting behind the glass, which is kind of cool. Uh, even if you don't like Formula One, it's pretty crazy to see those machines uh, in person. So, fun fact, most of their en- race engineers for the Haas F1 team are based in that shop. Really? Yes. I know that they have the, the big Formula One shop, like, across the way that's, like, gated off. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's kind of split between the two. Yeah. Or, like, I'll say on that campus. It's on that campus. Yeah. yeah. But definitely cool to see a Formula One car in person. Um, again, even if the sport is as boring as it could be. Uh, still amazing technology, and you see one of those things with your own two eyes. It's uh, pretty remarkable. And, of course, seeing Kurt Busch's Daytona 500 win car there is always awesome, with the grass still stuck to the hood. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, that happened. Again, no nap whatsoever. Just decided to go straight into it and start drinking beers. Land at Charlotte uh, Dirt Track about uh, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Meet up with my good buddy James Honeycutt up on the hill in turn four. Uh, great dude. He was chilling up there with uh, one of the Dirt Nerds guys, which, by the way, apparently they've listened to our podcast, which that's that's incredible oh, to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did apologize to him. He said it was okay. okay. That's a, by the way, if you want to get uh, some information on dirt track racing, Dirt Nerds is a good show, so I would recommend checking him out. Uh, but, yeah, we stood up there. And I had a beer, and I uh, got to watch the first giant flip of Friday. Um, who was it? It wasn't Spencer Baston. Um his name is escaping me right now, but this dude flipped about 13 times, uh, cleared the top of the fence line, didn't go into the crowd, obviously, but it was it was really bad. <laughs> what the fuck is going on there this weekend? <laughs> and everyone yeah, sometimes was, when those things dig in, man, they just go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was it was rough to watch, but then uh, I met up with Kyle Armstrong shortly after that as the big blocks were rolling out on track, or I think it was the late models. I can't remember what happened. Uh, gave me my wristband for the little SRI 
performance hospitality booth, which by the way, if you ever have a chance to experience that, I don't know how the fuck you earn one of those other than knowing Kyle. But apparently everyone in Charlotte tries to know Kyle during that time. So if you called him, please just send him a message and let him get back to you. That poor dude's phone was white hot by the time the weekend was over. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. But, uh, yeah, just a good good night of racing, good night of hanging out. Uh, At one point, uh, I get a text from Kyle, one of the rare moments where my phone worked the whole weekend. He's like, I'm over here at LaJoy's place. Gambling with Jerry Nadu. Come on down. <laughs> and I said, okay. So I walked down to that tent, to the LaJoy of seating tent, and uh, sat with Jerry Nadu. And um, uh, I forget who else was in there. Kenny Francis was in there. Kenny Francis was in there on Saturday, yeah. yeah he was there on Friday as well. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Jerry Nadu was just doing little spot bets for all the late model races. So that was kind of cool. Kyle. Uh, they were playing like goldfish or something. No, <laughs> they could have been, but that might have been earlier. Betting, <laughs> but it was a good night uh, hanging out up in there. Uh, thanks to Randy Lejoy for the hospitality. Um, he yelled at me for standing in the way at one point, so that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, he did that to us on Saturday too. Yes, Down there two front. nights in a row. <laughs> he, maybe he heard the podcast too. But talking shit about his son. <laughs> he knows his son's terrible. <laughs> cold night it was dusty as fuck uh as charlotte is known for uh incredible 410 race though uh between brent marks tyler courtney and uh i was about to say zeb wise but that's not who it was justin peck in the 13 just trading sliders for the most of the feature brent marks ended up getting the best of that one and of course rtj picking up a big win in the late models uh he whooped ass all weekend uh so a little bit of redemption to see that happen live and in person uh, also, the uh, Ruben, the uh, World of Outlaws late model announcer, making sure to announce uh, how legitimate and real that the World of Outlaws points championship was. No gimmicks. <laughs> Every turn. <laughs> we got a real legitimate championship here, folks. Won by Bobby Pierce. And it's <laughs> Every 30 seconds. Yeah. That was super accurate right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been working on that. But... Yeah. <laughs> but uh, also got to meet up with Andy Newsom, friend of the program. He, uh, we were going to try and get him on here, but uh, he was... Well, he's planning on being in Sonoya. Unfortunately, I got rained out, so I guess we probably could have got him. But, um, of course, as you do when you make big plans to get shit-faced with somebody, they tend to fall through. I was so fucking exhausted by the end of the night. I think I drank three or four NOS energy drinks trying to stay on top and just gave myself a migraine. So I bailed. Uh, he did offer to uh, get me into some sort of whatever late model series he covers they were having their banquet at the speedway club the next morning oh yeah he offered to get me in and i just i couldn't i couldn't do it i just (laughs) if you you ever get the chance the prime rib at the speedway club is the best i've ever had wow (laughs) see i I knew i just hanging out with andy is enough because that guy's the best but i knew i I would regret not going and having the food but i just really want to know what andy wore to the banquet he That's told all me. I really want to know. He I just want to know if he washed his face. Well, <laughs> I got a story for you. So. <laughs> I, I, he should have just showed up with dirt all over him. Well, right? his, his sales pitch to me was like the year prior he did the same thing, and he rolled up in there just like he walked out of the track. He said he had he had his rainbow Crocs on. 
He was completely covered in dirt, and someone pulled us out. Like you're the dirtiest man that's ever been inside this room. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As he's shooting this fucking banquet, you know. That... Oh my god. Yeah, Andy will come on the show at some point. You'll understand why yeah. he is the best fucking dude on earth. But <laughs> yeah. didn't didn't get a chance to drink a beer with him at all. But still got to hang out with him a lot. Uh, and I guess we'll get into that in a second here. But uh, yeah, Friday night was fun. Uh, I had a headache, got home, and then uh, was really proud of myself for you know being responsible you know went home took a shower climbed into the guest bed next to my wife and then my phone starts just going off for the fucking truck race and all that so i sat on twitter for another two hours with a migraine trying to figure out what was going on and then uh eventually fell asleep, woke up to the sound of a child screaming uh the next morning that was cool uh they had coco melon going on the little uh Bluetooth speaker. It's exactly what you want to hear is old McDonald when you're uh, still shit-faced. Um, and to make it up to me, uh, the family took me over to the Concord Mills where I got to check out the Lionel outlet, which is that's a vibe, folks. Oh, that's, man. <laughs> Brand new die-cast and model trains. So Go ahead and take a mortgage out if you want to buy a die-cast. Seriously, bro. <laughs> Do they provide I, the shopping carts there? No, they don't, um, unfortunately. <laughs> My brother-in-law did leave me with a big, uh, like, this little, like, push car thing that they had picked up for the kid, but he was running around, so I ended up hungover trying to drive this fucking shopping cart through the middle of Lionel and just knock it into shit, and it was a bad deal, so I got the hell out of there and uh, ended up... <laughs> you took the kid to Dave, Dave and Buster's? <laughs> no, that was just me, so... Uh, <laughs> should, was... should take him to Twin Peaks. <laughs> Is there a Twin Peaks over there? Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> Tell my attention. <laughs> we were sitting up in the bar at the same damn time. I should have just texted you. But yeah, anyway, I found myself like finally the family links back up. The ladies go off to the Adidas store. My brother-in-law just fucking disappears, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to Dave Buster's. Your brother-in-law went to Twin Peaks. That's where he, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he took off without me. He'd had enough. But which, by the way, Tommy was with me the whole weekend too. Uh, appreciate him. Uh, getting a chance to come out. Uh, last year he was unable to. It was his son's birthday around the same time, but uh, this year it worked out. They had the party the weekend before, so it was cool to expose him to all that stuff and bring Tommy out there to have a good time. So if you're listening, Tommy, uh, it was awesome to have you out there. He bought him a Rico Abreu shirt, so he's now part of the family. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, after uh, having a really big, tall beer at uh, Dave & Buster's, I uh, made my way over to the racetrack, and uh, pretty much the same deal. Um, got there in time for hot lab, not hot lab, excuse me, the heats. Uh, they rolled right into heats yet again. Uh, no big accidents this time, but uh, I say the track was probably twice as dusty as it was on Friday. It was it was brutal. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, you can just feel like when a restart would happen, just everything that was going into your nose and <laughs> into your lungs. So. Maybe it's a good a good thing you didn't come, Brian, if you're still here. Right. <laughs> that would feel Brian would have had to put his surgery off for like two months. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was, it was a good cold night. too, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't as cold no, on Saturday. No, it wasn't too bad. Because no, here in North Carolina, we got like every freaking season in the day, right? But it's been... Yeah unseasonably hot so it's been in the in the 80s and everything i don't think it was like that uh on saturday but um i had a i had a longer jacket like sweatshirt kind of jacket on 
uh, but that was mainly to uh, to hide the flask in my pocket. <laughs> and so I was yeah. I was a little bit sweaty uh, at some points, but it definitely uh, kept me from getting dirtier than I would have because, man, um, you know Saturday we just stood up by the fence and uh, just <laughs> let her rip all night long. Seriously, and, yeah. Uh, just sat there and ate dirt, and it was it was pretty incredible. So yeah, um, you know it, it was good clean racing. Uh, got pretty tight there at the end, but uh, to watch to watch Brad Sweet go out there and win, that was that was pretty cool. It was, yeah. And Ricky Thornton Jr. getting a win as well, uh, and just in spectacular fashion, just ripping yeah. the fence and just hitting his mark the exact same way every single time. And also, it was a real treat to watch Bobby Pierce, even though he wasn't really all that fast. Just he ripped the fence for the entirety. Of yeah, that's both great. features, except for the two laps where I tried to get my phone out to take a video of him doing it. <laughs> then he decided to bottom feed after that. So fuck you, Bobby Pierce. <laughs> right. Speaking of Bobby Pierce, I think that's where we met up on Saturday. Uh, by the grace of God, Jay got a text off to me saying he was down in the uh, late model pit. So I went down there and met him, linked up with Kyle Armstrong. We had a nice little stroll down there, drank a little whiskey, and then came back up top to watch the show. Um, yeah. He, Nothing. I did. I did not have a pass to the SRI tent, uh, but thankfully I work for Racing America, and I was like, "Hey, yeah," because we got in this kind of like situation where Kyle didn't. He didn't have any left because, you know, like Rob said before, everybody and his brother was hitting him up. Um, so we walked up there, and I was just gonna stand along the fence somewhere, go up on the hill somewhere. And I was like, "Ah, well, let me see," because I know SRI is a, a great partner of ours at Racing America, so I. I was able to get in there uh, thanks to that. So uh, we shotgunned the beer, ate some hot dogs, and yep. drank some coffee. Yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah. meant to send you guys a video of Jay and I shotgunning a beer, but I didn't press record until didn't. after it was over. <laughs> oh, nice. I was wondering about so, that. I'll, I'll, maybe, we'll post, maybe, maybe we'll post that one on the Internet because, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just me giggling with beer coming out of both sides of my mouth like some kind of mutant. But, that's great but yeah good great racing despite how dusty the track was and that is one plus and minus i will both give to the world of outlaws and the the charlotte dirt track is just the amount of time it took to reset the track between features i appreciate the fact that they did it but my god like and again like as somebody who had access to hospitality it was nice you know i could go get a beer go get another hot dog out of the sri tent wander the pits a little bit you know just find my own way but if you're sitting up in the grandstands that must have been fucking brutal especially in the cold yeah it gets pretty bad up there uh, this was the first time i had been uh in the pits and or lake or or at the hospitality side at charlotte at the charlotte dirt track but um i was telling rob this you know when i first moved to charlotte and i got this was like oh two oh three i took a whole group of you know my fellow students from um, the college here in town and none of them had really been to a dirt track before. None of them had really been to a race before. And I made sure that we got tickets like outside of turn four, like as far back in turn four that we could. Oh, and yeah. I was like, all right, so these first couple laps, I wanted you to like watch the last car. Like, don't take your eyes off the last car. Don't move your head till the last car goes past. And they were like, why? And I was like, nah, it's all good. You'll figure it out. And, like, they're all, like, trying to watch that last car as all the dirt hits them in the face. It was, like, one of the one of the small joys in life that you can take, like, non-racing fans to the racetrack and mess with them a little bit here and there. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, what, what happened after the race? Again, the place clears out so quickly. Uh, nobody was there to watch Brad Sweet get his trophy. Uh, yeah, no, we got out of there pretty quick. It was Hung just out like, in the garage. Yeah, you, me, and Andy standing up there, uh, and Kyle shooting. Yeah, shout out to Kyle. Uh, that was really, I knew I had met him at your show at the Beaver before, but uh, really the first time I had hung out with Kyle. And uh, yeah, just a really cool dude. And look forward to sharing more beers and watching more races with him in the future. Hell yeah. But yeah, we uh, we walked out of the garage, ended up at uh, Ricky Thornton's hauler, uh, watched them load that car up, uh, shot the shit with Kevin Rumley, actually, for a little bit. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, very unexpected. But he's a nice dude. Uh, we talked about porta potties for a little while and took off. So <laughs> then we, I think we had a, right. we closed out the night by having a beer at the uh, at the Christmas tree down at uh, the uh, Four Wide Drags. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we walked around the drags a little bit, and because uh, like where we were parked, you could kind of walk. They had on. I was like, man, it'd be really easy to take her take car down here right now but like yeah. <laughs> you know you know but I, I like working in nascar <laughs> you know, i like my right, job yeah. that's a good way <laughs> to know, lose it real fast yeah. yeah hey bud look it's just you know that's, that's when you like try and like coax somebody else into doing something mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i'll watch you do it i'll, I'll keep looking out <laughs> but yeah it was it was honestly a great weekend um there's a reason why i go to the world finals every year i know a lot of people bitch about it there's a lot of actual problems with the track and the way the things go down there. But honestly, like so many cool people are there. Uh, I am missing about 80% of what happened uh, in <laughs> yeah. recounting this. But uh, I'm telling you, if you can make it, it is worth it. Even if you are freezing your ass off up in the grandstands, it is a great show. And when else are you going to see that level of... Te- we didn't even talk about the fucking big block modifieds. Oh, yeah. That's its own thing. Yeah, those things are rad. And then, uh, you know, just Matt Shepard out there putting on a clinic... Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely cool shit. So I recommend going down there. And uh, again, as always, I cannot stress to you, the pro move is just to buy a pit pass. Fuck those grandstand tickets, yeah. buddy. Who cares? That, that's really the way to do it. Bring a lawn chair in, park it up in turn four. You know, m- meet Kyle Armstrong, get his number from me, bother him the whole <laughs> week leading into the world finals. He doesn't care. He loves it. So. <laughs> So I do have to say this was like it wasn't just dirt racing this weekend. There was some pretty good asphalt. Yeah, the car store was weekend. on Saturday. That's right. Well, there was the car store, and then there was the uh, All American Four Hundred. So you had the ASA oh, Stars National oh, Tour. Oh, that's right. With that big old wreck. In yeah. Turn so one. they had. Uh, so, you know, I, I've learned a lot about the Stars Tour. That everybody's so focused on the car store because you know, obviously Dale Jr. is involved in it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Harvick's involved in it. There's a lot of big names involved in it. Um, you know, but on the Racing America side, we, we cover the ASA Stars National Tour. Um, you know, we broadcast them, all their races uh, on pay-per-view. Um, and there's just been some really, really good races this year. Well, the uh, All-American but, <laughs> is a top, top-level late model race. Like, that is... A hundred percent. This one, I don't think, uh, uh, lived up necessarily to, to, to that. It's a little more uh, truck series than... Uh... <laughs> my, well, my understanding was there was some contact with Cole Butcher... Um, it, it kind of hurt Cole's car to the point where he leaked a lot of fluid all over the car or all over the track. Um, and then the entire front of the field basically drove into the turn one, turn two wall. So, um, little bit of a, a shit show there. Um, but you know, it, it came down to, I think Ty Majeski's car was completely destroyed, but he was able to, to finish the race and, That's two uh, win two the championship, right? <laughs> 
you know. So yeah, and then the car store they were I think at Caraway uh, for the North North South Shootout, and uh, you know I'm pretty sure the Quapple brothers uh, took both championships there in the in the pro and super late models. Uh, no fights this weekend, which yeah, is good. So it's good. It's always good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to so. photographer extraordinaire Blake Harris, who I know was trying to beat the world finals. I think he was, but. I didn't get a chance to link up with him. Uh, he's always such a cool dude to hang out with, but he was taking photos of the Cars tour, so just want to say hi to him. I got to give a shout out to my buddy, uh, my man Gavin Bochel. We got uh, a program tonight. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air, um, but you know it's it's Thursday, uh, November 9th. Um, but we've got uh, a premiere of On the Rise on Mav TV, oh. which is an hour-long program, kind of like diving into Gavin, um, kind of what he does, you know, at the racetrack, away from the racetrack. Um, you know, you see him working out with Josh Wise at the Team Chevy Center. Um, you know, that's sits, something I didn't realize about Christopher him. Bell. Yeah, yeah. Was, was the workout routine he's in and just like how like his path to uh, wherever he's going and how, how serious that is and how diverse it is. Yeah. I mean, like you got to remember the kids like a sophomore in high school and it's his parents crazy. S- still send him to high school. Like he's not homeschooled. He's not one of these kids where like the parents sit there and, and teach him all day and he's in, or he has a tutor. Like they want him to have this whole high school experience. So he goes to Lake Norman high school and, um, but you know, works out four times a week, four to five times a week at the team Chevy center over there in the Hendrick compound or on their complex. And, uh, so you get to see some of that. Um, you know, he actually gets to win at, at Talladega and one of Christopher Bell's sprint cars. Um, so it's a really cool program. It'll be on Mav TV, um, at 10 o'clock tonight. Um, and I think it'll be available kind of like after that on their website and things like that. So, um, just really excited about uh, kind of bringing more awareness to even more short track guys and, Hell yeah! Um, even well, even if they do make mistakes and crash somebody on the last lap every once in a while, it happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> well, you've been working with Gavin for a little bit, right? Yeah, so I got to know Gavin probably when he was about twelve years old. Um, you know, when I was at Jeez. Motorsport Games, um, you know, we were sponsoring him on the micro side. So when he was out at Millbridge, um, when he was running the uh, Tulsa Shootout, those kinds of things, and it's kind of morphed uh, from there. You know, and as Gavin's gotten older uh, and I have left motorsport games, it's kind of gotten more into uh, a kind of consultant slash manager slash, you know, kind of just, hey, I'm here to help you learn a few things um, from what I've learned over the years. Um, you know, these guys can teach you how to drive a car into the corner. They can teach you how to work out. I can teach you how to answer questions from, you know, media members or what to post on social media, what not to like on social media, you know, those things that, you know, a, a, a 15 year old kid doesn't think about. Right. So, yeah. but are or, or a 25 year old man. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, so, um, he needed when job. those things happen, I'm usually the first person to text him and his dad and say, Hey, like, this is why you, you do what you do, you know? Um, but yeah, no, it's been great to see him kind of grow and progress. He's the same age as my daughter. So that's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I have not been there for one of his wins, uh, his big wins yet. I've seen him win at Millbridge a couple times, um, but I, I was supposed to go to the to the Talladega race and, and end up not going to that, and, and he ended up winning there. So uh, we were down to Five Flags earlier this year, and he had a fast car, but 
uh, ended up getting wrecked by Augie Grill, so that was a that was a tough one, but made Classic. for good content, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, looking forward to that. So check it out if you have a chance, and should be some pretty good content. That's awesome. Speaking of actual children, uh, we talked about Becca Malone <laughs> last week, that 11-year-old who won the Crate Late Model Race. Did I tell you all I got to meet him? Uh, I think you mentioned something about yeah. it. So Friday Not- night, uh, we're in the SRI hospitality booth or whatever, drinking a beer, and then I'm standing there with Kyle talking to this guy, and there's a kid next to him. And then Kyle's like, this is, this is the boy I was telling you about. And I look down, and he's literally like up to like my belt line almost. <laughs> Literal child. And I kind of put it together. I was like, oh, my God, that kid just won that late model race. And sure enough, it was it was it's one thing to like see the age like on a screen or have someone say it, you know, and watch yeah. the accomplishment. But to stand next to an actual child who can wheel a race car better than I could ever imagine is uh, a pretty humbling experience. So, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> and you can his dad's so fucking proud, too. It's awesome yeah. to see him out there. You can um, buy cigarettes, though. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, right. what I, well, that's, that's what I told him. Yeah. <laughs> Watch well, me drink this was, beer, brother. I think I was telling Rob this this weekend. Like at the first time I went to the Chili Bowl, like Gavin took me out to the rowdy section. So I have this like 13, 14 year old, right? Like I have this like 13, 14 year old kid who's the same age as my kid leading me up to this section of just like darfs and race fans that are just like having a hell of a time. And I was like, something feels weird about this. Right? Like, <laughs> Oh, man. Hang on a second here. Just pouring myself another shot of Four Roses here since I don't have to work tomorrow. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Again, so uh, one thing that happened today was the uh, Randy Dorton Engine Builder Showdown at Hendrick Motorsports. So that's a a cool event. Um, The guy who won that. So what they do for that is they actually pair up one of the Hendrick... uh, Hendrick Motorsports engine builders. So these guys are building, you know, the race car engines, sports car engines, those kinds of things. Uh, and they they team them up with one of the Hendrick cars um, technicians who's an engine builder. So they're building the, the engines and a lot of the working on the engines at Hendrick's dealership. So uh, the guy who won today, I think, won his sixth title, um, which is kind of crazy. The, if you get a chance to watch any of these... It, you know, it basically looks like any NHRA event that you've ever been to because right. these guys are just thrashing on putting these motors together in a certain amount of time. But, um, you know, that's that's super cool to see some of the guys, um, guys and gals uh, who are not always in the in the spotlight of the sport get to go out there and race for trophies and, and have a competition. And uh, that's always cool to see. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Well, appreciated that they do they make like a big deal out of it and they like you know put it on air and so yeah you can also can watch that it, on yeah. racing america <laughs> that's a free one that's a free one no subscription required you can watch it on there <laughs> here I again was not again not a paid plug <laughs> here i was about to start talking about flow racing so <laughs> these guys are so tired of me talking about flow racing rob's definitely paid by flow racing he just won't admit it <laughs> i can tell you i am paid by racing america but they're not paying me to promote that <laughs> not on this show they don't want not on this show no. <laughs> but speaking of flow racing there is racing on this weekend if you got the itch there's no question about that i think we said this earlier with the governor's cup down in florida 
uh, USAC and Bakersfield. I think that's actually next week on Tuesday. The big California swing is starting to happen. Uh, of course, the Florence 400 is next weekend. Want to watch Dale Jr. race a late model. That's always fun. So racing is not over. Of course, late models are supposed to be at Sonoya, but it got rained out, so it is what it is. But there's plenty of racing pretty much all the way up until Daytona, I would say. Maybe there's a little break in yeah. the end of February or middle of February, something like that. But, uh, yeah, if you got $160 to spare, uh, I'd recommend putting it on Flow Racing. Or I know Racing America has got some coverage, too. Of course, Snowball Derby is yeah. coming up. That's a big deal. So. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and give a plug for Racing America, but um, I will say, like, I will say, look, we've got a we've got a lot of series out there. You know, we show Thompson, we show, I think we have Citrus uh, this weekend down in Florida. Um, we have a lot of subscriber events. Um, you know, every weekend, sometimes we'll have, you know, anywhere to from one to two events to to you know over ten races all weekend long. So. Uh, we do have the pay-per-view ones, which are bigger events, you know, the Snowball Derbies, um, you know, the Stars Tour was pay-per-view as well. Um, but if you're a subscriber, you get a discount on it. And you also get, like, you want to go back and watch old Snowball Derbies or old All-American 400s or, you know, you didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the stuff this, you know, this year. Uh, you get to, you have that history as well. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good deal. You know, I, I love Flow. I have flow as well. Um, you know, I, I love their dirt coverage. I love the fact that they have wrestling on there as well. They do, um, yeah. You know, rodeo so, too. A little bit of rodeo. On it, there. Yeah, it's it's a great platform, but you know, I, I'd like to see them uh, get a, a, a little fewer races and maybe Racing America pick up a few more. <laughs> Just <Fair enough>. selfishly. <laughs> all, all that said, there has never been a better time to be a short track racing fan in the United States, especially if you don't live near one, because yes. it's happening everywhere. It is relatively affordable now, um, and if you can't afford some things, you can certainly afford others. And there's, uh, again, no better time to dig in than now during the off season because it really doesn't stop. We'll be at the Dome at Gateway pretty soon, and I'm sure we'll talk about that on, on this show, which, by the way, I don't think we're taking a break at all. We might pause for Christmas or something like that, but, you know, this is not our last episode of the year by any means. Uh, we're going to keep doing this all the way through the off season. I know Brian's got some monster trucks to talk about. I think Brian actually died. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm <laughs> barely here. <laughs> you just poke him with a stick every once in a while. <laughs> Make sure he's all right. Hey, before I pass out, let me just ask this question because uh, it's on everybody's mind. Which one of uh, the stuffed bears in Pop Pop's museum was your favorite? Oh, that's a good. You have a favorite stuffed animal. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I like the, the polar bear. The polar bear is probably one of my favorites. Popular in there. answer and a good one at that. Yeah, I really so we had this... the, the wolf attacking the other wolf. It's kind of yeah, <laughs> I do like the fact that there's like action scenes in there. Um, I think they did a good job of that. Um, but we had this picture of when Pop Pop actually shot that <laughs> uh, polar bear, and we had to use it for something. And I remember having to like Photoshop out blood on the snow. Of course. Um, <laughs> Because that was a little bit too much. Not the fact that he was like there with a dead polar bear, but the fact that That's the polar fine. bear was bleeding out of mouth onto the snow. What's the problem? We had to clean that up a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's fucking Definitely, cool. if you're in the RCR, on the RCR campus in the RCR museum, be prepared to go through the kill hall. Yeah, a That's lot right. of people. <laughs> you, you have to go through it to get to the rest of these. <laughs> True Love, didn't some Meemaw have a heart attack in there or something like that? Well, I met some guys there who, uh, their podcast, Left Turn Cult. He said that he was in the, uh, the stuffed bear room and he was just kind of joking around and he kept saying, man, Childress is a mass murderer. And he said it like several times and there was some people in there who eventually <laughs> got very upset about that. <laughs> he's like, he's making fun of Richard. So. <laughs> people get tore up about it, I can tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a Bass Pro Shops Plus in there for sure. So, well, and a lot of it, I will say, a lot of the cool stuff in there is like from the Congressional Sportsman Foundation or the National Wild Turkey Foundation or conservation yeah. conservation efforts. So, um, it's definitely I don't, cool. I don't hunt. I fun, I fish very poorly, uh, but I love the outdoors, uh, you know. And that was always cool to, you know, be around some some place that had Johnny Morris, you know, walking around. There, there are other drawbacks from you know obviously working for rc when not to get into politics but when the trump showed up that was always awkward but you know when <laughs> when you're sitting in the rcr marketing bus and richard and johnny just drove dale's last car you know last wing car around talladega and they're like in their fire suits and giddy like the, those are the, the moments where you're like oh, this is pretty cool yeah yeah well, hell yeah. We don't want to take up too much more of your time, Jay. So I think we'll probably get out of here. Uh, I think we've, I think we got a show here. There's no video of the week this week, but again, I do recommend going and checking out the uh, Found Footage Festival uh, collaboration that Brian did with them last week. We'll put a link up for that in the show notes for you. That's really fucking cool that Brian got to do that. And uh, if you happen to be listening to the show because of that, Brian usually talks more, but he is dead at this point. So uh, <laughs> yep, I'm dead, folks. We'll, Sorry. Uh, we'll have an AI version of him to take over next week and it'll be back <laughs> right. to normal. But We're going to stuff him and put him in Pop Pop's bare room. It's true. There you go. I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> Brian, I got to give you a shout out for getting that shirt to, to Dale Jr. and, and uh, talking about that stuff. That That was super cool to see. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that was cool. I did, I did some stuff this year. I got some yeah. boxes checked. Now I need to, I get that fucking stick cart Stafford and put it in the fucking wall. Yeah, that's the next what, cool. last, last will and testament. <laughs> right. Well, before oh, we one thing. Out, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I got one last thing. North Wilkesboro was repaved this week too. That's right. So that's a, that's a little bit of news. Uh, first time that surface has been repaved since uh, I guess. Before '96, pretty pretty right? incredible, pretty incredible <laughs> yeah. that Fontana is in the process of literally being torn down and yeah. North Wilkesboro is being repaved. That's, Wild times. That's some shit. <laughs> Let me get my hydrogen NASCAR, hydrogen powered NASCAR, and drive out of here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but vapor, baby. <laughs> oh, well, Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show. And again, I know you uh, you probably got a lot to plug. I know you put a, a second edition of your book out. Start your engines. Uh, famous first in the history of NASCAR. Uh, it's a good book, and I recommend you all check it out. Um, I'm sure you can buy that anywhere on the Internet. You can find books, but if there's a particular place to buy it that Jay wants you to buy it from, I'm sure he'll tell you right now. So, Yeah, just uh, Amazon does does a trick. Uh, you know, all money's good money, right? Uh, there you go. <laughs> but it's good. No, it's uh, it's kind of – I wrote it so that even if you're not a NASCAR fan, especially if you're not a NASCAR fan, this is something – 
that should be pretty easy to read. So uh, definitely check it out. Uh, I'm on social, J-A-Y-W-P-E-N-N-E-L-L, at J-W Pennell. So uh, just check me out, and if you see me at racetrack, look for the guy with the mustache and come harass me. Hell yeah. Uh, Brian, you can buy t-shirts from him at Speedway TSJ on Etsy. Uh, uh, listen, listen, there's been enough of these fucking episodes. I'm true loving it this week. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to help this man. Good Lord. Well, if he doesn't have to do it, then I don't have to do it. It's your turn, Rob. <laughs> you can find me at Snake Mountain True Love on Instagram. Uh, yeah, and some, on Etsy as well. Lots of DMs. Um, lots of DMs. I think my band is done for the year. So uh, you can look up these wild planes, though. Someone's got to listen to our shit. They're good uh, stuff. Go see them live if you can. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll be back on the road in March, and we're actually recording a bunch of new stuff in a couple of weeks here. Also, a quick shout-out to my boys in a band called Psalm. They might actually be coming over to my house in a few minutes here. They're out on tour with Catatonia right now, which is a sick, progressive metal band. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, melodic, sad boy shit, um, that's what Catatonia does, and that's what Psalm does better, in my opinion. But they're all over the place. They're playing uh, Hartford tonight. Um new york tomorrow night uh, they'll be all over the place uh so keep an eye out on that tour uh but i just want to give a shout out to them since uh they're a killer band and i love them very much so yeah som s-o-m look them up on instagram if you like heavy shit and that's <laughs> whoops sorry that was audible like pitchfork.com over here <laughs> Yeah. Oh hell! Well, again, th- wow. thanks again, Jay, for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah. Really appreciate yeah, thank you. you. Yeah, Hopefully, it's not the last thanks, time. Jay. You made us legitimate for once, and I don't know about all that. First time, <laughs> the last time. Hey, yeah, and your couches are my couch is always welcome to all y'all. Yeah, Jay <laughs> has saved my ass more times than not. That couch, yeah. I <laughs> I should be paying rent over there. Well, say hi to Eleanor for me, bud, and yeah. then uh, we'll do. We'll see y'all, the listeners, next week. <laughs>